Hey, it's Kramer. Uh, help me welcome our new sponsor to the show, K&N Filters. Uh, I'm delighted to have these guys. Um, K&N Automotive and Motorcycle Replacement Air Filters. Uh, they are designed to increase horsepower. Uh, they are designed to increase acceleration. And they give you outstanding engine protection. Uh, they are simple to install. They're an air filter. It's backed by the K&N Million Mile Limited Warranty. And it'll be the last air filter your vehicle will ever need. Go to KN Filters. KNFilters.com backslash podcast. And get a great deal on a KN filter replacement. Uh, it'll be free shipping. And as a bonus, they'll even throw in a KN hat. Uh, it is a lifetime reusable air filter. They have the million-mile limited warranty. It lasts up to 50,000 miles between servicing. Again, check it out, knfilters.com. This is The Kramer Show. System activate. This is Kramer Uncut. Raw, honest, and real. All right, welcome into the program for uh, October the 13th. Welcome into the program. Uh, I am feeling especially, uh, eh, not bitchy, just a little defeated. I um, Lately, my, my wife has had a car problem, and, um, and I've had a, a problem with my truck. Uh, are, we, are we coming through? Are we feeding uh, as hot as I normally do? I want to make sure everybody can hear my golden tones so get this all right let me um i'll get into some trump stuff in a second but for those of you who are guys uh i want to tell you my problem with my truck and you uh, here's what i'll do i'll tell you the problems that i've been having with it and then you tell me what you think or you think about god damn it see i told you i'm, I'm flustered i'm just it's been a long it has been a long fucking day uh, anyway, so I bought a truck about a year ago, and it's an F one fifty. It's a uh, it's an old truck. It's a nineteen ninety eight. But uh, supposedly, the woman who uh, sold it to me, her husband died, and he was a mechanic, and he took care of this truck. And I drove it, and I was like, "Wow, this this truck drives great." So for the price, I you know I couldn't beat it, so I bought it, and. Um, after about a month, uh, I was at a store, and I tried to crank it, and it wouldn't crank. And I'm like, what the hell? And it sounded like it, it was trying to crank, right? It was turning over. But it was almost like a spark plug wasn't, you know, plugged in. Because I've had a – I used to have a, an old Corolla, and sometimes one of the, the spark plugs wouldn't fire. And there's this little four-cylinder Corolla, and it would just kind of chug a little bit, and then it would go dead, and it wouldn't crank fully. So that's kind of the, the feeling that I got. And I was like, that's weird. So my wife came and got me. And uh, about two hours later, I went back to it and tried it again. And it cranked. And it, and it ran fine for months, right? So uh, I don't remember the, the next time it happened. But, you know, a couple of months ago, a, a couple of months later, the same thing happened. And uh, so it started happening more and more often. And uh, my wife was driving it one day and it went dead. And the power steering and everything went out. 
uh, and she tried to crank it. It wouldn't crank. So I let it sit for a little while, and I had a friend that came and looked at it, and uh, he was like, it's probably the battery. So he took the battery. They tested it. Turns out it was the ba- it was the battery, and it was bad. And I was like, oh, okay. So I drove it around for about two weeks, perfectly fine, no problems. Uh, the other day, my wife is at a place and hops in it and tries to crank it, and it won't do it. I'm like, God damn it. You got to be kidding me right now. Because my wife was having car problems with her little Mazda. And I'm like, man, this just, I mean, this just, uh, this just sucks. So uh, I finally took it to uh, a mechanic today, and he told me that uh, the the cables that lead to the battery were so nasty and corroded and terrible that uh, that was a problem and that my fuel filter was clogged. And he said it looked so bad that he said that the fuel filter has probably never been cleaned before. And uh, he said this this vehicle should have gone through about six fuel filters by now, and you haven't even had one. And I was like, oh. I've only had the, the truck for a fucking year. So ultimately, you know, the, the corrosive cables and the fuel. I looked it up. Here's the what ultimately I was going to say about this was. When you have some kind of problem and you go to Google, it will drive you so crazy. And I know that's probably not news to you, and I'm mainly saying it to relate. Because I looked online, and I i mean, there were people that were talking about computer issues. There were people that were talking uh, that they had the same exact problem, and it was a fuse. Uh, people had the same exact problem, and it was the... Um, uh, the starter, the ba- I mean, I mean, it, it just, it just, the, it was an endless sea of information. And unless you know what you are doing, there is not a chance. And it's the same with medical stuff. Like, all right, like if you have a persistent itch and it happens like behind your left knee, and you go to Google, you after an hour of reading, you will swear to God you have AIDS. I mean, it's just an endless sea of info. So anyway, so I, I and by the way, too, I found a really good mechanic, somebody who um, uh, this, do you ever, when you go to a mechanic, uh, first of all, have you noticed that it's always dirty? Second, and just, you get this seedy vibe. And, um, and secondly, you always feel like they're trying to sell you something. This place that I went to was the cleanest auto shop I've ever been in in my whole life. I I mean, I couldn't get over it. I mean, it was pristine. And the guy was as nice as he could be. You know, he met me at the door. Um, he goes, well, yeah, well. And he actually asked about how the vehicle was, was performing in detail and uh, called me back. And he goes, hey, look. Here's what we think it is. We think your cables are so corroded and the fuel filter is so bad, but we think that that cable is making uh, your starter have too many amps when it tries when it tries to start the vehicle, and then so it overcompensates. And I was like, hmm, he might try to call me back and try to sell me a starter. Hmm. And he called me back and he goes, nope. That you know what? We replaced those cables, and the starter is back down to one eighty two twenty where it needs to be. It's perfect. I was like. 
right on. Because I, I wouldn't have known the difference. If he had said, you need a new starter, then I just would have been fucked and I would have had to get a starter. So I'm, I'm really uh, pumped that uh, I found a good mechanic. And if you can find one who, uh, who will do you right, man, I mean, you got – it is so hard to find. So once you find them, keep them. Uh, there's a couple of different things with, with Trump. Um, Trump is having a bad, bad week. Uh, most notably, the one that I thought, well, there, there was a couple, but the, the one that really got me today was the one where Donald Trump is at Trump Tower, and this was years ago, and he's doing a piece for Christmas for Entertainment Tonight at the Trump Tower, and there was a 10-year-old girl that was going up the escalator. And his comment to the crew about about the ten year old, I just here let me play it for you. You're going up the escalator? Yeah. I'm gonna be dating her in ten years. Can you believe yeah. it? Uh, she's ten years old and he says, I'm gonna be dating her in about ten years. Now, you know, I keep hearing that in the media and I keep seeing it on TV and god damn it, CNN loves it. Um and I'm thinking about all the things that Donald Trump has said that everybody is freaking out about. And I'm really trying to be diplomatic about it. I, um, First of all, that is creepy when you put it in the context of a guy who is running for the presidency of the country. I mean, you, I mean there's really no way to get around that. Um, in real life, okay, here's where I'm having a, a problem. In real life... Uh, that would have been a, a, a semi-crude joke. One that, okay, well, he said that, and there is probably some truth to it, um, but but there is humor in there. And so it's it's such a, a, a tough situation when you got a guy who is, uh, like, I, I thought that, uh, you know, him saying he, that he's a star and he grabs him by the pussy and, you know, and I, th- I thought that, you know, although crude, it still was a joke. And I don't think he meant that literally. Uh, I At least I didn't take it. I'm not, by the way, uh, taking up for Donald because I'm a Donald fan. I am in no way a, um, a fan of his from an entertainment value, nor and especially not uh, from the president side. I would never vote for Donald Trump. And so I'm not excusing uh, the behavior, although I just don't see it as that terrible. I see it more as a joke. Now, when you start talking about the mainstream media and they pick it up and they run with it and they splash it out, hey, look what Donald Trump said to a 10-year-old, uh, you know, on an escalator, and then they... You're going up the escalator? Yeah. I'm going to be dating her in 10 years. Can you believe With that uncomfortable laugh at the end. <laughs> um, then, I, you know, then, then you start going, all right, well... And, and boy, it just really has been a tough, tough fucking week for, for Tom Hanks said that he's offended as a guy uh, of what Donald Trump originally said. He was at work, man. It wasn't in a locker room. He was at work. Uh, he was showing up to do a thing on camera. I'm offended as a man. <laughs> I'm not offended as a husband or a father. I'm offended as a guy. I that's just not right. I'm sorry. It's not right at work. It's not right in the locker room. It's wrong. Period. The end. That's all. You know, I kind of disagree. 
Um, I mean, we are talking about uh, a guy who's going to be running for the president. And, you know, in the back of your head, you say, well, shouldn't that guy be held to a higher standard? Maybe. You know, but we're we're real. We're living in the year 2016. And to think that, you know, a guy at some point in his life uh, didn't say something lewd or crude. I, I think we're fooling ourselves. I, I just uh, most men have. Now, Tom Hanks also made a pretty good point here. Uh, when he's talking about the election, it's kind of like if, if you have, if you have a horrible, painful tooth and you need a root canal, who are you going to go see? A guy who says, "Oh, I think I could figure out how to do a root canal for you. Lay down. Let me go." Or are you going to go see somebody who's done six thousand of them and has a degree on the wall and uh, has a great history of uh, and expertise when it comes down to it? But uh, okay, although I, uh, w- in a perfect world, agree with what he said, let's think about this. Who really is qualified to be the president of the United States? Okay? Now, we're not talking politics. We're talking about the actual um, we're talking about the actual role of the president. Who is qualified to be the president of the country? I mean, think about all the things that you're, you're I mean, you're talking God, you're going to have to have a guy, a person who is um, savvy with global economics. You have to have uh, a, a person who is a master strategist for war. Um, you've got, uh, in other words, the, the, the there is no way possible that we're ever going to vote someone in who is actually qualified to be the president. And if you think um, that it's like being a doctor, you're crazy. I mean, I would love it if we had to have, you know, well, in order to be a candidate for the presidency of the country, you have to take an IQ test. You got to take a, a, a test on war strategy. You got a global economics, um, on crime, on the on tax, on I mean, you know, you name it. Wouldn't it be great if we held the leader of this country to some sort of qualification process honestly why do we not do that you know i mean if you you shouldn't be able to fake your way uh through this political chain and get to be the leader of the fucking country you shouldn't be able to do that i mean we're so as a whole our country is so gullible to think that one man is running the show and, you know, these talk show hosts and these pundits, and they all buy into the idea. And not only them, but, you know, us as a whole, as a, as a culture, as a society, we buy into the idea that this guy, this woman, whoever the fuck, uh, is pulling the strings of all these things. And that's just not, I mean, that's not, that's not reality. It's not reality. It's a big show. It's all, that's all it is. It's a big show. Um, and I, and I have to tell you, uh, we are caught up in the show right now. We are caught up in the Donald Trump show. I looked, um, if you go to Don, let me, let me do this. This is a a neat thing. Okay. Here's something you can do. Go to Facebook, sign in and look up Donald Trump's, uh, uh, Facebook page. Okay. And if you click on it then you can see how many of your friends are, are have liked Donald J. Trump's page. 
uh, 620 of my friends have liked Donald Trump's page. 620. All right? Let me do the same for Hillary Clinton. And so then you go to her page. So 620 for Donald Trump. And 151 of my friends have liked Hillary Clinton's page. Think about that. I mean, and it, it is. It's a shit show. It's, it's, it is a, um, we're, we're so caught up in this country with being entertained that that's all this is. It's, um, we're sitting in chairs, you know, popping popcorn, and we're watching, waiting on him to say something fucking idiotic. Uh, it really reminds me of the uh, time Charlie Sheen was going fucking crazy. I mean, it was entertainment. You know, sadly, you know, we're scan through the news channels and tell and tell me when you don't see a story about Donald Trump. So uh, I think at this moment, five women came out and uh, accused Donald Trump of groping them and some uh, some former beauty queens accused him of walking into the dressing rooms during pageants. Uh, this woman's named Jessica Leeds. And she talked to the New York the, to the New York Times yesterday about something that happened on a plane. This was back in the 1980s. We just chatted back and forth, nothing particular. It wasn't until they cleared the meal that the armrest disappeared, and wow. it was a real shock when all of a sudden mm. his hands were all over me. Mm. He started encroaching mm -hmm. on my space. And I hesitate to use this expression, but I'm going to. And that is, he was like an octopus. It was like he had six arms. He was all over the place. And if he had stuck with the upper part of the body, I, I, might, I might not have gotten that upset. But it's when he started putting his hand up my skirt. Well. And that was it. I was out of there. I got up. I got my purse. And I said, I'm going back to my seat and coach. I started telling my story about a year and a half ago when it became apparent that Trump was actually running for president. And I started telling my friends, let me tell you what this guy is all about. I would like to think that sharing this story would make a difference both in the election and the society's view of women to change some of the behavior, the sexual behavior between men and women in both directions. And I would like very much to feel like I've been a part of that. But why wait till now? Why is it so, is it just a big coincidence that now, you know, a month, less than a month before the election that these people come out? Where were you? I mean, this has been, Donald Trump said he was going to run for the presidency in, I think, June of 2015. So, I mean, we're talking about closing in on a year and a half that he's been out there. So where were you uh, this whole time? So what happened? I mean, if you think that some of these women have not been paid off by certain people uh, in certain parties, yeah, I mean, yeah, come on, you're fucking crazy. This stuff is so seedy. It's so shady. It's uh, unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. You know, like if you if if Jessica Leeds came out and made some big deal about this. Uh, right as Donald Trump was, you know, uh, announcing his pres his candidacy, or you know, maybe his polls went up, or you know, something. I mean, why all of a sudden? 
so the spokesperson for Trump, Katrina Pearson, she was on CNN last night uh, trying to discredit the whole Jessica Leeds thing, and she dropped some serious knowledge about commercial airliners in the early 80s. We're talking about the early 1980s, Don. Seriously? Back then, you had planes, what, a DC-9, a DC-10, an MD-80, 707, and maybe an L-1011? But she said specifically this was to New York, and this is what's important, because we can X out the L-1011 and the DC-10. Guess what? First-class seats have fixed armrests. So what I can tell you about her story, if she was okay. roped on a plane, uh, it Katrina, wasn't we'll by our, Donald we'll Trump, get our aviation expert. We'll get our aviation expert here. Uh, to talk how about the airplanes. Happen? Explain how that happens. There are fixed seats on first class. Well, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's really, that's grabbing for straws. Tom Brady had a press conference yesterday and somebody asked him about Donald Trump's, ugh. somebody asked him about uh, Donald's lewd comments on the Access Hollywood bus. Uh, here's what he said. Tom, you have kids of your own. How would you respond if your kids heard Donald Trump's version of locker room talk? Thank you, guys. Have a good day. <laughs> wow. He's too good to answer the fucking question. LeBron James. What does locker room talk to mean? That's not what that guy said. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't disrespect women in no shape or fashion in our locker room. Fuck you. Get out of here. We don't disrespect women in no fashion. That never comes up. You know, and I got, obviously, I got a mother-in-law, a wife, a mom, and a daughter. And those conversations just don't go on our locker room. What goes on our locker room is sporting events that happened the night before. About sure, fucking yeah. Stock quotes and fucking uh, recipe sharing. Sure. The whole world is so afraid to admit that they talk sexually, it's out of control. You know, and men have got to, we have got, men, real men, have got to take back our culture. And that does not mean that everything is sleazy. Okay, let, let me tell you something. Okay, and now I'm going to get, I'm gonna, now that I'm starting to think about this, it's really pissing me off, and I'm going to, I'm probably going to get on a rant here. For years, for fucking years i have been fighting to talk like men talk on the radio and i mean it, it started from fucking day one i mean it was like 1993 and i was on q104 in gadsden alabama and uh we would play commercials and i was on the overnight weekend shift all right i'm trying to make my fucking way in radio trying to figure out what's what's up and so it's it, we're in the commercials and after the commercials are, are done then they play a jingle and it goes the q104 forecast and so i'm supposed to come on and go tonight it's you know gonna be clear low 30 tomorrow partly cloudy 56 the high right so i did something like that but i said uh tomorrow it's gonna be colder than a witch's boob and a brass bra on halloween it's going to be, you know, in the 30s, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I get done with that. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty funny, you know. And uh, uh, the hotline rings and it's my boss, Leo Davis. And he said that uh, he was coming down to the radio station. He needed to talk to me. He comes down. Dude, it's like two in the morning. He comes down and fires me on the spot for saying that. And I was like, 
wow, you really cannot say it's cold as a witch's boob and a brass bra on Halloween? You can't say that? Uh, fast forward. I mean, every job I've had, there's been some incident where, you know, my language or, or, or the, the, the content of what I'm talking about is deemed inappropriate. And it's never really truly been that inappropriate. Uh, I got fined by the FCC. Uh, I think it was a total of like $50,000. You can look it up and you can actually see the transcripts of what I got fined for. Uh, but that was in Dallas. That was in the 90s. Uh, I got fired uh, from a job. Uh, and part of the reason uh, BJ Harris in Tampa told me that I got fired was not only did you do something stupid, which I did, some kids called and they wanted to know Hanson's telephone number. And I said it was 9118372. And so all the kids in Tampa called 911. I got fired. But. Uh, part of the reason he said was, uh, uh, and I quote, you're all TNA. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not all TNA, but you know, I, but, but certainly some I'm TNA. I don't have strippers down here, but I mean, I do talk like I talk. I communicate like I communicate, you know, and, and it has been a problem. It has been an ongoing issue. Um, and, you know, the the hell of it is, is that uh, nowadays, uh, I'm told, don't talk so much about politics. You know, we're about booze. We're about uh, boobies, boobs and boobies. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I, you know, I can, I can hang with that. But can I talk a little bit about politics? Because we kind of are being, no, we don't want you to talk anything about politics. Really? Really? So I can't even wrap my head around. Keith, we want you to go in the air and we'll talk, talk about beer and boobs, and that's it. That's all you need to talk about. Really. But it is an ongoing problem in our culture. It is a it pisses me off to absurd levels that men cannot be men. Now, having said that, there is the other side to men where, yes, it's okay to be smart, intelligent, well-read, well-rounded, worldly. All of those things, but everybody has got to relax and understand that there is the side of a man that um, likes women, that likes to be dirty, that likes to talk about licking it and sticking it and, you know, cranking those, you know, I mean, that is a side of men and we have got to stop apologizing for it. We have to stop it. You know, I said in the last show, uh, that I've met prominent people, um, lawyers, politicians. I've I've met some really um, pillars of certain sections of the country, and I've hung out with them. I've gotten drunk with them. I've gone to titty bars with them. There is a uh, there is a man who was the CEO of a massive company back years ago uh, who called me one night and wanted to go out, and I asked me where we should go to a teddy bar. And I said, well, here, I, I know this place. I know the people. And we went and all night he was paying for teddy dancers and we got some whores. And I mean, we did it up. We were hammered out of our minds. I saw people passing back and forth drugs. You know what? Those types of things happen. Yes, they do. Now, 
if we don't, you know, I'm not saying we necessarily need a president who's, you know, snorting cocaine, but I'm saying that we do have to be a little bit on the more realistic side nowadays. We have the internet, and if somebody has said something or done something, chances are that shit's going to come out. Everybody is so fucking uptight. Uptight. Processing incoming feed. This is The Kramer Show.